Let's open up to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to have two key scripture verses where we'll camp out, uh, but then we'll refer to um, a few others as well. So, um, Matthew chapter 6. Matthew, the first book in your New Testament. Just go six chapters over. We're going to look at um, verses 19 to 21. And then we'll skip down a little bit. So, Matthew 6, chapter 19. I'm going to go ahead and read it. Verse 19 says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Down to verse 24. Very important verse. So pay really close attention here. No one, say no one, can serve two masters. Either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and mammon. Let's go down to verse 31 through 33. That'll be our other key verse. Matthew 6, 31 says, So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans, or the Gentiles, run after all of these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But, say but. Got to have a good but in there once in a while. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the word of God. I thank you for the words of Jesus. And he said that my words are spirit and they are life. So I thank you for these red letters that we've read today and that, Lord, they are spirit and they are life to our soul right now. Lord, we open our hearts right now to the word of life. And, Lord, we declare that your word is living and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It divides between soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the intents of, your, of, of our hearts. And God, I pray that you would come and send the Holy Spirit and bring revelation. We thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit that searches the deep things of God, who reveals to us the secret of the kingdom. I thank you, Lord, that the hidden things are coming out in plain sight to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. So we spent the last few weeks talking about the kingdom of God, particularly as it relates, turn on my little recorder here, We've spent the last few weeks talking about the kingdom of God, particularly as it relates to money. Now, we've actually spent, what, seven, eight weeks on this now, so some of you may be kind of wondering when we're going to move on from this, you know, and, um, but, uh, um, and some people may be getting tired of this, wondering why, why, when are we going to change subjects? Um, well, just to give you a little bit of perspective, is that your New Testament, if you brought your Bible today, this New Testament right here contains over 2,000 verses about money and possessions. 16 of Jesus' 38 parables deal with money and the stewardship thereof. That's almost half. So Jesus would get up, he would heal a bunch of sick people, cast out demons, he would teach on the kingdom, he would give them all these parables, and a few of the parables would talk about money and possessions. People are hearing them, oh, wow, okay, that sounded important. He would come back a week later, heal a few more people, cast out demons, they would come, he would teach them the kingdom, and hey, guess what, I got another parable about money. Listen, 
and then a few weeks later, and another one, and then another one, and so forth. Um, and I don't, I, just as far as I'm concerned, I've been getting into this, and I'm like, God, I will not leave this until you tell me to. Just in my own heart, in my own life, because I want to get this, and I want you to get this. Um, um, but why, why is money so important? Why did Jesus and why did Paul and the writers of the New Testament spend so much time talking about money and possessions? Well, I think Jesus told us right here in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So where we invest our treasure, where we invest our money, that our heart is deeply connected to those things. And so Jesus is talking about something so much because he says, I want their hearts. And Jesus is telling Matthew, Matthew, I want your heart. He's telling Storehouse, Storehouse, I want your hearts. And I really want you to get this. So let he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Amen? I was uh, scrolling through Facebook today, which, praise the Lord, I don't do nearly as much as I used to. Um, deleted my account for an entire year, <laughs> which really helped deliver me of a social media addiction. So I highly recommend it. If you're addicted to social media, just get rid of it all, you know, <laughs> until the Lord says bring it back. Um, and it, it helps you a ton. But anyway, one of the first things I saw on my feed today was an advertisement about training people in financial consulting for taxes, for accounting, um, just for business, um, um, management of business finances. And it, just, it was, it, as this Advertisement was claiming that this is one of the top most lucrative businesses in America right now. That so many people are looking for people that know how to manage money. Um, millionaires, billionaires spend so much money hiring people to manage their money. And, and I remember talking with a friend about this um, a couple of years ago, um, um, or what, sometime within the past couple of years, and uh, she was telling me about how much uh, um, Ross Perot spends on <laughs> financial, uh, on management of his finances. And I don't remember the exact number, but I remember being shocked. I'm like, whoa, like, that's a lot of money. And, and, and the response was, well, he actually saves money by doing this, that he will, um, he, if, if someone is not taking close care of his finances, he'll end up spending a lot more in losses. Um, why are they spending so much money? They want to save money to help them um, spend it wisely. The Texas lottery. So many people are spending money on the Texas lottery. Um, and I was actually trying to find the exact numbers and I, I had, had a little trouble, so maybe some of you have those statistics for me. But, um, but I remember as a kid too, I mean, we always got a lotto ticket um, and uh, always got, I, scratch offs are just kind of fun for kids. You know, you scratch off, you know, you maybe get a dollar after you spent like 35 bucks on those little scratch off thing. But as a kid, you're like, yes, I got a dollar. Because, <laughs> you know, your parents or your grandparents spent the money. So, you know, it doesn't matter. It's just the game for you. But, um, but I remember um, one of my family members, they just really into the lottery and just would uh, find pictures of these big, beautiful houses and just say, this is the house that I think we can all live in as a big family. There's a separate house for everybody. And we just, if we just win the lotto, we're going to get this house. And, and I mean, they were serious. And so much hope in getting something that they wanted was about winning the lottery. Um, why? <laughs> why are we so concerned about money? Um, Jesus told us um, in Matthew chapter 6, that um, when it comes to what we eat, what we drink, what we wear, our, our daily needs, and even the desires of our hearts, that the Gentiles, the pagans, they are running, 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 running after these things. 
people that um, have money, they want to keep it. And they, they toil, and they sweat, and they labor, and they, they spend money to make sure they don't lose the money that they have. People that don't have money, they labor, and they toil, and they sweat, and they spend lots of money to get money. Lottery, hello. And Jesus is telling his people, he's telling his disciples that we don't have to operate in this way. See, because that when we seek first the kingdom of God, as it says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, um, all of these things will be given to us as well. All of these things will be given to us as well. All of these things, say all of these things, will be given to us as well. Thank you. Um, so we want to come out of the way the world does things. Okay, if we're in the way that the world is doing things, either to um, get money or to keep money, we, and we're pain, we're toil, we're sweat, we want to come out of that. We're not in bondage to that. We've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his beloved son, where all these things will be added unto us. Amen. So, money in and of itself... You've heard this many times. Um, money in and of itself is not evil. But how we view money and how we use money can cause us to either, um, one of two things, it can cause us to thrive in our relationship with God and live in a life of abundance and live a life of generosity, or it can entangle us to all sorts of evil, the love of money, is the root of all kinds of evil, of bondage, and even demonic oppression. And Jesus today wants to deliver us of this. Say praise the Lord. <laughs> so, the Bible warns us, particularly Jesus, um, warns us of the dangers of loving money, of devotion to money, of worship of money, of the tireless pursuit of money. Paul calls it the root of all, of all evil, and Jesus calls it the deceitfulness of riches that choke up the word of God. So let's look back in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up treasures, yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. So Jesus is actually giving us a secret on how to get the most return out of our money. He's giving us a way to invest it in a way that it can't be stolen from us. And then he says this striking verse, and, and, and this, this, I pray today will be a sobering verse for us. In verse 24, no one, say no one, can serve two masters. Everyone will, e either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and mammon. So, let's talk about this. Some of your translations there say money. My New International Version say you cannot serve God you cannot and money. And I think that's, that's, that's a helpful translation. But I want to talk about today this what mammon is because I think there is much more spiritual, even demonic energy behind what Jesus is talking about right here. 
um, and we want to um, avoid it at all cost. Um, Jesus says that no one can serve both of these guys, okay? Um, two masters present themselves to us. God, mammon. God, mammon. Good guy, bad guy. You get the picture, okay? Um, and the, 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 the sobering thing that Jesus says is not only that we cannot serve both, but, but that it's, it's you will serve one or the other. As these two masters are presenting themselves to you, why? Because they're after your heart. They want your heart. There's no middle ground. We actually will serve either God, good guy, or mammon, bad guy. Our hearts are drawn in some way, and there's a lure by both of them. And the good and loving Father wants to, he wants to draw our hearts, but he wants to free our hearts as well. Um, but Mammon, the bad guy, is a bad father, um, and he wants to torment our lives, put us in painful sweat and toil, and leave us in bondage to his will. And when we're under the spirit of mammon, when we're under this demonic influence regarding how we think of and how we use money, um, um, we, uh, we become a slave to money. If we get in the kingdom of God and we're serving God, the good guy, that money is something that's actually meant to serve us and the purposes of the kingdom of God. We want to be on this side. How do we do that? We'll get there in a few moments. Um, something, too. This word that Jesus uses, he says, you cannot serve both God and mammon. Um, it's from this Greek word, doulos. Say doulos. Doulos, in its most literal translation, means slave. These aren't happy servants that volunteer their time freely, voluntarily, love it all the time. It's, it's enslaved that these are, and he's saying that you cannot be enslaved both of God and money. Now, in terms of God, we are bond slaves of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. We're out of love that we're saying, Jesus, I'm laying down all of my life. I'm giving it to you as you gave your life for me. I'm giving it fully to you, and I'm going to live my life as a bond slave, as one that's saying, in love, I'm giving my life to Jesus. But when it comes to the kingdom of darkness and that we're slaves to unrighteousness, that we're bound by the evil one and the spirit of mammon, and we are pulled left and right. And, it's, and I tell you, this thing, it wants to kill, steal, and destroy from your life. So how do I know which one I'm enslaved to? How do I know if I'm serving Father God or if I'm serving mammon God? It's the one you're trusting to meet your needs. If God is the one that we are trusting to meet our needs, we're serving God. If mammon, if money or the love of money, material possessions, material wealth is what we are trusting in to meet our needs, we are enslaved to the spirit of mammon. Now, once again, money is not evil. Um, God gives people money to do good things, to do the works of the kingdom. That God even says he's, he's transferring the wealth of the wicked into the hands of the righteous. And that God is doing this great transfer right now to bring lots of money into the kingdom of God to fulfill his desires and his purposes and to take the gospel to the ends of the earth and then the end will come. 
But when we are under, when we are trusting in, in, in these material possessions and wealth to meet our needs, it becomes so burdensome and painful. It's, it's I've got to have this job. I don't get this job. Ah, I'm let down. How am I going to meet my needs? Well, I'm going to try and do this. Ah, I'm let down. I'm going to try and meet my needs. Oh, I'm going to try and get more money. Oh, I've got it. Now I've got to keep it in order to, so I don't lose it. Because if I lose this money, then, then everything's lost. If that is the thing that's going through your brain, I'm telling you today, there's freedom available to you in Jesus Christ. You don't have to live under that bondage. Two major signs that Jesus tells us about that really help us un- understand the level of influence of the spirit of mammon in our lives. Two things. Um, one, greed. Two, worry. Both typically result in a lack of generosity, of giving. Let's talk about these two things. Turn to Luke chapter 12. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, over to chapter 12. I'm not going to read every verse of these two um, little segments here, um, but uh, um, I'm going to read a couple of verses and then just uh, paraphrase um, the rest of it. Um, Luke chapter 12, verse 13. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And Jesus replied, um, man, who appointed you as a judge or an arbiter between you? Who appointed me as, an, as a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to him, watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. So what we see in the following verses is Jesus is giving a parable of a man who spent his entire life storing up, storing up, storing up possessions, storing up provision, storing up grain, and his whole life was about doing this, and it was about his, it was about his retirement plan. Everything he did, he worked, he labored, he sweat, he toiled so that a day would come, he turns 55, and then he says, man, you've got all these good things laid up, you've got all these barns, take life easy, eat, drink, be merry, go on all kinds of vacations, see the world, do what you've always dreamed to do. And then God says, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you, then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? What you have prepared for yourself. What you have prepared for yourself. What you have prepared for yourself. If you are preparing for yourself, if you're the primary one that you are preparing for in your pursuit of material gain, this side, mammon, bad guy, death. People sometimes, like this man right here, they refuse to give um, when, when the Lord... Um, leads on their heart when the Lord's asking for giving or when they hear a message on giving. And I just, I want to hear, I want you to hear my heart, guys. This, we, I want to give you the opportunity to give tonight, but I'm not preaching this so that I can get a few more bucks in this offering plate. Now, I'm going to give you an opportunity and to be led by the Holy Spirit in that. But I'm telling you, if this is not your church, you want to get this where you are planted. 
if God is sending you out of here, you're just visiting today, and you have, and, and, and there is other things that the Lord has been leading you to invest in and give in, even if you are here. I'm, I'm telling you this because God wants your heart, and he wants you to enter the realm of possibility in the kingdom of God. But I want to be really clear here, because Jesus is too, that people that hoard up for themselves, for themselves, for themselves, they don't give um, to people in need, to churches, to ministries, to kingdom purposes, because it interferes with their personal desires. Clothes, man. That jacket that preacher was wearing. If I just had that thing. I like nice jackets. Vacation. My dream has been to see the world. And if I give this much, I'm not going to be able to go on this thing. That, that, that God wants me to have the desires of my heart. So why should I have to give when this is a desire of my heart? Houses, cars, 401K, all of these things. Are any of these things bad? No. No, there are lots of scriptures, not only about giving, but about stewarding, about spending, about storing up um, um, an inheritance for your children and your children's children. Hear my heart, guys. These are all things. But if you are enslaved by mammon, you're storing, what you're really doing is you're storing up for yourself and the own desires of your heart, and you're saying no to God when he's moving you to give. And I'm telling you, Jesus says, fool, idiot. Dummy. When our hearts are set on storing up for ourselves, we give very sparingly, and that we actually are in bondage to greed. Now, I had a dream back in 2011. Um, I've uh, um, um, learned about tithing um, really in college and started doing it. Um, well, really started doing it in high school, but really started getting into the scriptures about it, and I'll talk more about that in a minute. But, um, but anyway, so tithing, giving, da-da-da. I, so I, I have a value for it. Um, and then in 2011, I have this dream where I'm overseas, um, and I'm, I'm with Heidi Baker. She's there with me, which is awesome. I've hugged Heidi Baker one time, and it was just, it was awesome. I love it. I was like, Lord, she's speaking at Sojourn Church. I want a hug and a high five, and I got both, and I was so excited. <laughs> I love Heidi Baker. Um, and so in this dream, I'm with Heidi Baker, and we're walking um, 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 in one of their tent meetings, and, um, and there is there's an offering being taken up or something of that sort, but there is one man in the dream that refuses to tithe. He and I knew it was specifically tithing. He refused to tithe. Heidi Baker, little 5'4 blonde woman, um, walks up to this man that's at least twice her size in the dream. She grabs him, body slams him on the ground, puts her hand, and I hear this sound in the dream. And the guy just convulses completely. And I remember thinking in the dream, uh, <laughs> They sure handle lack of tithing a lot differently overseas than they do in American churches. <laughs> and so I just, I woke up from that, and I'm like, and, and I believe the Lord was telling me, there is something spiritual tied to this right here. The man in this dream was in bondage to Mammon, that guy. And Heidi Baker was setting him free. Um, and he can set us free, too.
down to verse 22 and 32. We're doing a lot of scripture right now. I have some fun stories I'll throw in in a little bit. Um, so bear with me. Luke 22, verse, or I'm sorry, Luke 12, verse 22. Jesus said to his disciples, and he said this again in Matthew 6, as we saw, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Don't worry. The first sign that someone is in bondage to the spirit of mammon was greed. We just read that a few verses up. Storing up for ourselves. Storing up for ourselves. Storing up for ourselves. The second sign is worry. It's fear. If, 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 if what am I going to eat? What am I going to wear? What am I going to do? How am I, I going to make it? And we spend our lives toiling and laboring to make sure we get those needs met. Um, and um, um, when we're preoccupied with what we need, when it's constantly in front of us what we need, we hold back in our giving to other people in need. We hold back in our giving to churches. We hold back in our giving to kingdom assignments. Um, and we become consumed with how we're going to get our needs or our desires met. I grew up in a family um, that lived um, um, from paycheck to paycheck. And so as my family started really um, coming under from believing in Jesus to actually believing in Jesus and that they follow him and, and obey him and see what his word says, um, they started getting confronted with, um, um, all of us did, with tithing. And it was just like, it was all, as a kid, I remember growing up, um, it was always a, a, a struggle for us to, to give um, because we, we were worried about making ends meet. Um, and so as, as we start reading the scriptures, we're like, oh man, the Lord's serious about this. He tells them in Malachi that you know, like you're robbing me <laughs> for not doing this, um, and uh, and and in our church, uh, Trinity Church on Cole Avenue, just taught so well on this. Um, but um, but my church growing up, I mean, they passed an offering bucket around every single Sunday, but they never, I never remember anyway, them teaching on why it's important to tithe and to give, or the blessing that comes with it. And I tell you, when you don't teach on the reward and the blessing of obedience, people are a lot less motivated to obey. I meet a lot of us that, I met a lot of people over time, and, and I find this in my own heart sometimes, like, oh, I don't want to have to be motivated by a reward to obey God. I just want to give out of this abundance of love in my heart. And the Lord's like, well, you better get going because it ain't happening. <laughs> and so the Lord in his kindness, all throughout Matthew 5, 6, and 7, he is motivating people with reward. Um, um, God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Hebrews eleven seven. Jesus told his disciples that when you seek first the kingdom, kingdom first, name of the message, Kingdom first, you seek first the kingdom, all the things will be added. All the things will be added. He wants us to be motivated by that promise of his provision, that promise of his blessing. He said those that in this life give and, and, and turn away from, from possessions, from homes, from houses, from family members, that, that you know, you follow after Jesus and your family's like, what the heck are you doing? You know, some of you, are, you grew up in a Christian home, but you really start actually following Jesus and your family members that go to church every Sunday are like, what are you doing? You're in a cult. You're going crazy. And it's just like all of this fire starts coming around you. And Jesus says, if you will follow me and leave that stuff behind, you will be rewarded both in this age and in the age to come. God's got family. God's got houses. God's got things that you need. When you say, when God says, 
I'm calling for this. I want this. We give it to him. His promise is, I'm going to meet your needs, and I'm actually going to put even better things back into your lap. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. People caught up in mammon, mammon, bad guy, they are caught up in this idea that God is this harsh taskmaster that just demands unquestioned obedience with no promise of reward. It's the exact opposite of God. God is a good and loving father. God is the one that wants to meet all of our needs. And God wants to get us out of um, this mindset and this mentality that my job is my source, my spouse is my, is my source, my this is my source, or that my own self and my ability to work hard is my source. Is God against jobs? No way. Some people say, why don't I have money? Do you, are you looking for a job? No. <laughs> Look for a job. <laughs> Maybe you'll find some money. <laughs> Pray. Ask God for favor. Fill out some applications. Please do something besides sleep <laughs> all day. <laughs> Does God despise spouses? No. Find a good wife. You find a good thing. He loves it. But you find a husband. You find a good thing. But they're not your source. I had to learn this. I was, when I went into full-time ministry, I was raising full-time support, 100%. Um, and so I had to, and the rule at that time was no campus ministry until you're fully funded. <laughs> and thankfully, my campus pastor let me on part-time as I was um, building that, so it just really fueled and energized me. Um, but, but I would, the Lord just really had to start training me in that. And I tell you, it, it got ugly some days. Um, because I would get these partners and like, yes, they would commit, they would give, and they would start giving, and then, for whatever reason, they wouldn't. And I had to sit there, and, and I had to make a decision every single time this happened. Is this person my source, or is the Father my source? If this person, if this job is my source, I actually start developing a very unhealthy attachment to it. And I start demanding of that thing or that person things that it may not be able to fulfill. But the spirit behind that lure to depend on this thing is actually going to start demanding me. And it's going to fill me with anxiety. It's going to fill me with fear. It's going to fill me with worry. Um, Paul says, again, he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. When we give bountifully, we reap bountifully. When we sow sparingly, we reap sparingly. When we're we're in bondage to mammon, that we are actually operating under the earth curse system. Little review, earth curse, pain, toil, sweat. Worry, anxiety, fear. Greed, hoarding. Lack of generosity. But when we're in the kingdom of God, righteousness, peace. Oh, peace. Lord, thank you for peace. Joy in the Holy Spirit. Because we get to see God do something that causes that the numbers just don't add up to. Over and over and over again. Um, Matthew 6, 37 to 34. You don't have to turn there, but you can mark it down. Um, Jesus is meeting with his disciples. Thousands of people are following, and he is, and, and they are saying, okay, 
it's time to go, it's late, Jesus, let's send them home. We, want them, we don't want them to faint on their way home. Jesus says, you feed them. You feed them. We may be familiar with the story. Jesus, we don't have enough money for that. It would take, it would take months and months and months to, to even have enough money or years to, to even buy everybody just one sandwich. And, Jesus, and so what the disciples were doing is, and they didn't realize is that their minds were in the earth curse. Their minds were in one sandwich feeds one person. And Jesus asked them this question. What do you got? They had five loaves and two fish, enough for a few fish sandwiches. Um, But Jesus, he takes it. He takes what they got. Well, God, you want me to do all these great things for you? You want me to give in this area? You want me to, 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 to believe for this? I ain't got that money. What do you got? Well, a couple of fish sandwiches. Give them to me. Give them to me. Give them to me, Jesus is saying. And he takes it. He gives thanks. He blesses it. And he multiplies it. When we're in the earth curse system, when we're under the bondage of mammon, one sandwich equals one person. We limit ourselves to what we, to what we do have and what it can actually do in the kingdom of God. One sandwich, one person under earth curse. $10, whatever you can buy with 10 bucks. $10,000, whatever you can buy with $10,000. A million dollars, whatever you can buy with a million dollars. That is the best possible return you will get under the earth curse system. And a lot of believers are content with that. But under the kingdom of God, a couple of sandwiches feeds thousands. $10 equals $1,000 of return. $500 seed equals (laughs) $200,000. I'm telling you guys, this, we've got to, got to, got to get this. Men, we've got to, got to get this. And I just really want to speak to men right now. I'm a young man. I am um, recently married. And I've just, I've said to the Lord, God, my wife and I have dreams that is far beyond what we are, what our bank account says we're able to do right now. Now, I don't want to go off spouting all of those dreams. Joseph did that a little early. It didn't, you know, do much good to him. But I tell you that what is in our hearts um, is going to require much more than what our bank account says we can do right now. Um, when, uh, when we first got married, and I've, I'm not going to share all these testimonies again because I've done them a number of times over the past few weeks, of just having like nothing, of me not having anything to put towards our wedding and all the gifts God brought. And then as Aisha and I did get married, you know, we're sitting and we're praying about what our giving is going to look like. Um, because, um, and, and we sit down and we, and praise the Lord for my wife. I mean, we are just, and, and for the Lord just speaking to both of us, he told us, really the same amount of, of a percentage of our monthly income that we were to give into the kingdom of God. And that amount, and, the, and I had been doing that as a single person, but out of fear and worry, I'll just be honest with you guys, I stepped out of it. I was still tithing, 
But the, the amount that the Lord really was asking of me in that time, I was afraid to give. And then my wife, he brings me a wife that hears the same, and we just say, okay, Lord, we don't know how this is going to work. We've got this. We've got this coming up. How are we going to do this? And, uh, and, 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 but we just said yes to it. And so we started giving that percentage at that time. And then, um, um, and then my wife, she gets a raise. And even and, and what was even kind of a challenge to that is for a little while that the raise wasn't coming. We're looking and like, okay, where is this raise coming? It's, they said they were going to do it. It hasn't happened. And then over time, her boss just calls her and it says, oh, my gosh, I just realized that we haven't been paying you at the amount of time that we said we would. And they back paid her for everything and then started <laughs> giving her that raise money. I mean, we looked at our account after that. We're all like, Jesus, I've never seen this much money in my account at one time, you know. <laughs> and, and I mean, it just was like the Lord breaking me, breaking me. As I'm going through um, um, the, the Word of God, as I'm going through these books and these resources I've been telling you guys about, I'm telling you, I am just weeping before the Lord because I'm realizing how much my mind has been over here in earth-cursed mammon world. When God is saying, son, you want peace? You want joy? You want possibility? You want $10 to do way beyond what $10 could do? You want $10,000 to do way beyond what $10,000 can do? I tell you, you've got to get my kingdom. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. When we are in bondage to mammon, we cannot serve God and his kingdom purposes. God says give. He says do this. We say, God, ain't got enough. Ain't got enough. Can't afford that. Ain't got enough. Ain't got enough. He says what do you got? Give it to me. Give it to me. So, what is the solution for avoiding these dangers? I've said it, but I'll say it again. Seek first the kingdom of God. Let me reword it for you. Learn how the kingdom of God operates and say yes to God's kingdom purposes. What you have, if Jesus calls for it, give it to Jesus. He'll multiply its impact. God must be our source and our master, or else we're enslaved to mammon. A right view and a right use of money is this. It's a blessing from the Lord in order to meet our needs, to enjoy the things that cost money, um, and to allow you to partner with him in his kingdom purposes and meeting the needs of others. God wants money to work for you. God wants money to work for him, really. He's the master, and he wants us to steward it well. Um, so I'm going to quickly go through... Um, um, the two major signs we mentioned were greed and worry. I'm going to kind of break it down into um, 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 a few more categories. And I, this is inspired, and I'm taking these ten things from this book, Living on the Third River by Craig Hill. Um, and he really goes for this, this thing of mammon. And I'm going to read through these things. And if these things, if, if, they, if something's tugging on your heart as I read them, and, oh, yeah, I do that, or I'm thinking that way, um, I just, we're going to have time at the end. Um, we're, we're going to break agreement with the spirit of mammon. We're going to break agreement with these mentalities, and we're going to come up under the kingdom of God. Does that sound like a good thing to do? Okay. 
So, 10 signs. Worry and anxiety over money. We already talked about it. We're constantly worried. We're constantly worried. How am I going to pay the next bill? How am I going to do the next thing? Guys, don't go there. We don't want to go there. Um, two, money mismanagement. Money mismanagement. People that don't seek any counsel of the Lord on how to steward their money and just do whatever with and don't keep track of it and find themselves in the hole all the time. And it's just like, okay, there's some, there's some spending habits that are probably that need to um, um, be dealt with here. Money mismanagement. Three, um, consistent financial lack. We're just always in financial lack. There just, there's, there's just never seems to be a mo- enough. Um, um, I can't afford it mentality. Every time that, um, that God says to give, you say, I can't afford it. Every time that you think about a possibility for a kingdom purpose, I can't afford it. Any time your spouse comes up to you and says, honey, I really want that thing, and you can't afford it. And that's your response. That's your response all the time. You're probably over here, mammon, not good. Impulse buying. Impulse buying. Storing up for yourself. I got to have it. I got to have it. Oh, that's good. It's got to have it. Well, it's a sale. I've got to have it. You're, you're enslaved. Stinginess. Hispanics go like this. I don't think that's a bad, I don't think that's a curse word, but, um, oh, that one. Okay. If I have offended any culture here, but <laughs> I apologize. You know, you got to be careful when you do, like, cultural signs. You never know what they mean in a different country. Um, stingy. Um, fear of giving. They, there's a holding back. Seven, greed. Already talked about it. Eight, discontentment. Discontentment. If we are just looking at, oh God, if I just had this, what Tracy was talking about earlier, if I just had that ministry, if I just had that job, just that amount of income, that person in my life, this or that, and we can't appreciate where God has us now. Hooked by mammon. The Lord was really dealing with me on this because I have possibilities. I have dreams. And I want, I, want, I want God to, I want to see all these things happen. And I can't look at where I am right now and say, ugh, you know, I'm just not walking in it yet. Mammon, not good. Bondage to debt. By the grace of God, those of us that are in debt, we're getting out of it. And it's going to be awesome. But if we're in bondage, we keep going. We're going to debt to solve all of our needs, and we just keep. We can't get out, and just, it just keeps piling up. We might be over here. Mammon, last thing, exaggerated emphasis on money and an overestimation of its true power. We look at money. Oh, if I had money, I could do this and that. Oh, if I had money, I'd have real power. Oh, if I had money, people would respect me. Oh, if I had money, I'd get a spouse. Oh, if I had money, I'd do this. And, I mean, again, money, good. It can be used for all kinds of things, but money Jesus was not concerned about how much money he had. Do we keep track of things? Yes. Do we manage it well? Yes. Do we spend well? Yes. Do we steward well? Yes. But guys, if we, if we look at money as the answer to everything, if, that's, if we're constantly in this mentality of I can't do anything until, you know, just, if just I've got to have this, I've got to have that, and we, we're just overestimating his power. No, guys, we are hooked. We're hooked. Get unhooked. So, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So, I've mentioned a lot today. Guys, I'm burdened with this. Like, I really want us free. Um, 
if the Lord, if anything I have said throughout this, that you have realized that there is a hook in your heart under this influence of the spirit of mammon, I want you to stand. I'd actually like to um, um, invite you guys forward to come up front right now. We're going to do some business with the Lord. I have a prayer that's going to come up on these screens right now. So stand somewhere where you can see one of these two screens. Um, and it's, it's kind of long. It's like eight slides, but I'm going to lead you through it. We're going to get through it. Don't worry. <laughs> um, but I just want to tell you right now, um, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Okay? This message today is not to make you feel bad and condemn you. This message is to bring freedom. And, um, and I believe the Lord's going to do it. So... Um, Let's, uh, let's just bow our heads for a moment. I'm going to kind of pray over all of us, but then I'm going to have you look up, and you're going to join me in this prayer if you want freedom from this today. So, Father, I thank you for the Holy Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And I ask God for the Holy Spirit to come and minister freedom right now to each one of us. It, Lord, you are a good Father, and I pray right now from every influence of mammon that you would set your people free. I pray every hook of mammon would be unhooked from the people of God today. I pray, Lord, that every influence of the spirit of orphan, of the harsh taskmaster mentality of God, would be cast out of our minds today. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Y'all ready? Okay. So I'm just going to kind of read a phrase, and it, it's up here, but I'm going to kind of do it phrase, but like a repeat after me for those that may be listening by audio, um, that, that will help um, those folks um, hear it um, and be able to pray it back. So I'm going to pray it, and you're going to pray after me as I pause. Heavenly Father, thank you for revealing to me the influence that the spirit of mammon has had in my life. Lord, I renounce the allegiance that this spirit has had in my heart. Lord, forgive me for focusing on money instead of on you. I ask you, Lord, to renew my mind to the truth that you are the source of my provision. and that anything I receive is a gift from you. Forgive me for any time I have withheld my money from you out of greed, worry, or fear. Forgive me for trusting in the world system, in my job, in any person and in myself to meet my needs. Father, I trust you to meet my financial needs because you love me. I set my heart to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness. 
And I thank you that everything I need will be added. All right. We're going to zero in here. We've broken agreement. We've repented. Under the blood of the new covenant, I declare you all in the name of Jesus Christ forgiven of every association and allegiance to the spirit of mammon. So pray with me now. We're going to renounce. We're going to break this thing off our lives, okay? You ready? Are you ready? In the name of Jesus, I revoke today any authority and devotion that I have given mammon. And I give that authority and devotion to Jesus Christ alone. I renounce worry, fear, and greed. In the name of Jesus, I break the power of mammon off of my life and my finances. Mammon, go in the name of Jesus. Fear and worry, go in the name of Jesus. Greed, go in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I'm just going to pray this over you right now. I declare freedom by the Spirit of the Lord, by the blood of Jesus and the Word of God from every influence of mammon. I declare that these are sons and daughters of the kingdom right now. I take authority over every demonic influence over their minds that has robbed them in the area of finances. And I declare you free by the blood of Jesus. And we declare all of this demonic influence over their minds, over their finances, over their families to go right now in the name of Jesus. Next slide. Thank you, Father, that I am a son and not a slave. Thank you that you delight to give me the kingdom. I choose today to submit to the leading of the Holy Spirit and the stewardship of my finances. Last one. I choose to learn how your kingdom operates. Teach me your ways, O Lord. Teach me to trust you as my provider. And teach me to operate in your kingdom. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. We can get some worship playing. If um, You're welcome to stay up here. Yeah, let's clap for Jesus. Let's clap for freedom, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Okay? So um, um, you can stay up here if you want. You can make your way back to your seats. But here's what I want to tell you, guys. We've done some really important work today. Anytime, we, we, we've got to get ourselves in the Word of God. We've really got to do it. Get Gary Cassie. Money Mysteries from the Master. I highly recommend this book. I highly recommend any of his resources. Get words. Get testimonies. Because I tell you, the enemy, he looks for an opportunity to steal, kill, and destroy. And we've got to get the shield of faith. We've got to get the Word of God. And if you start going into that holding back, you start going into that fear or worry again, I tell you, you break agreement with it immediately. No, God, thank you. You will meet all of my needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I'm going to give obediently. 
and you tell and w- what I was doing today, not only taking you through some deliverance, but training you in how to do this if the enemy comes back tomorrow or next week or next month. You are a son, you are a daughter of God, and you've been given authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the evil one.